Welcome to We Live on a Planet. I am your host, Patrick. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 504. I'm titling this one, What We Need. It is Friday, August 20th, 2021. Currently, when I'm recording this podcast, I don't know when you're listening, but for me, it's early morning, Friday morning. 72 degrees currently in the city of Oswego, right on the fine lake shores of Lake Ontario. Feels like temperatures of 72. Highs are going to be about 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Winds are currently out of the southeast, one mile per hour. Looks like we're going to have some sun. We need it. The grass has got to dry out so I can mow it. We've had a lot of rain this season, it seems like. We have a good show. I know I always say that, but we do. I have a lot to talk about. When we come back, we'll dive into our quote. That and much, much more right here at We Live on a Planet. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. And you're still here. Good. Groovy. I'm glad that you are. This quote is from Don Bolina Jr. Sometimes there are things in life that aren't meant to stay. Sometimes change may not be what we want. Sometimes change is what we need. Sometimes there are things in life that aren't meant to stay. Sometimes change may not be what we want. Sometimes change is what we need. And I needed a change six years ago. That's for sure. And today I'm celebrating six years of sobriety. Thank you very much for that fake cheer. Maybe you're cheering me on, though, as you're listening to the podcast going, kudos to you, Patrick. That's 2,192 days sober. I haven't had alcohol touch my lips once in this six years. I, I've come close. I've almost fallen off the wagon. But it's it's pretty neat. I have an app called Sober Grid, and you put in... Um, your sobriety date, how much you spend on alcohol, and it does all the calculations. The calculations are stating that I saved in this six years of sobriety of not drinking alcohol, 65760 dollars. Damn. Yeah, six, 65,000 dollars from not drinking, I've saved. And I've saved so much more. I've saved my liver. I've saved my some of my sanity. I'm not saying that's for sure. But I'm not a prisoner of alcohol anymore. And I still, sobriety is never owned. It's always rented. And rent is due every day. So I have to pay my rent every day. And that means by checking myself every day and not drinking. Um, I'm kind of a conundrum too that I'm sober all by myself I don't go to meetings anymore Um, my only support is my family and my friends which is all I need I guess I say only that's everything that's so important that I have them rooting me on cheering me on I know that my daughters are really proud of me and my wife is proud of me and my family and I not to sound selfish, but I didn't do it for them. I did it for myself, and it just happens to benefit them, which is a good thing. And um, I, I just never thought I could have done it. 
And I, I, if you do listen to the show, you know that I went to rehab six years ago. And it was in Dana Point, Southern California. Beautiful, beautiful area. And I stayed three, three months and did extensive rehab, extensive alcohol detox. My first couple days of detox was terrible in the detox house. I had to be brought to the ER. Um, I was so sick. And uh, I look back at it now and just can't believe. It just seems like a different person. Now I'm just trying to really get my mental health in order. Hence me seeing a doctor and a therapist, and I am on medication. I'm not ashamed to talk about it. I think that's the problem. People are ashamed. Um, well, it's weird. I'm not ashamed to talk to you about it, but like anybody else, I feel ashamed. I, f I still have shame or feel like I've done something wrong or it's my fault that I, I was diagnosed with bipolar and that for some reason I did something wrong and I don't know why I feel that way except like I said with you when I'm talking with you I feel real comfortable and I'm able to just kind of except for when I'm having my real down days there's those are the days I need to push the button and still record but for some reason I can't just because I, I can't turn on the personality and I'm afraid that my show is going to be such a Debbie Downer and so triggering to people that I don't post them so I only post I have posted Debbie Downer shows so I have posted when I was really depressed and everything and uh after I push publish I'm like what did I just do so I try to I now in these episodes that I have holy cow over 500 I'm trying to be just pushing the positivity instead of my doom and gloom when I have it. You guys have enough doom and gloom in your life. You don't need mine, too. But you need my other stories, don't you? I've got more stories to tell. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, so I was talking about rehab right before we took the break, and there was days it was not easy, that's for sure. Living with 12, 13 other guys at times, all from different parts of the country, everybody with their own different crap, everybody at a different level of sobriety, new people coming in, people leaving. Got a notification just now. I didn't have my phone on uh, Do Not Disturb, so it sounds like we just got a <laughs> Who knows what that was? I think an email. Uh, I need to work on my sack rate. You're like, what's a sack rate? Surface air consumption. It's a scuba term. And that's how much air you're breathing per minute while you're under scuba while you're underwater scuba diving. And a new diver, on average, ranges 25 to 27 liters per minute. But a relaxed and an experienced diver, they can get like 15 to 18 liters per minute. One of the dive masters off from the arrow, that I, the boat that I dive from, Scott, he's a dive master, and he is 
he's an awesome scuba diver and he's helped me out immensely besides coach helping me out his sack rate is anywhere between 12 and 18 and he wants to get down to 10 and coach is busting my butt about my sack rate because my average is like 34 and i was just telling you on average a new diver is 25 to 27 minus 34 so I really need to work on slowing my breathing down. I don't know what it is that I'm doing because I feel confident. It's got to be my nerves. It's got to be my anxieties. It has to be. I suffer with anxieties so terrible in my regular life. And then once I strap all that stuff on, even though it's exciting and fun, must be there's something that's making me nervous still or my anxiety or, I don't know, I have had um, to have x-rays of my lungs and my chest before. And I remember one time, one of my friends, he's a x-ray technologist, and he ended up doing a, um, a chest x-ray on me before and told me, he's like, I got to do another picture because I couldn't get your lungs all in on the x-ray and he goes I've taken so many x-rays of of lungs and he goes and of chest he goes you have to your lungs are probably some of the biggest lungs that I've ever seen and I was like really and he's like yeah they're huge and I I'm asthmatic and uh so I don't back when I was really young in the 70s medicine I can remember taking one time being on steroids for a short period of time and the steroid was prednisone and I I know steroids right now like roids back in the day that's what made bodybuilders are all big so I'm wondering if the steroids I don't know enough about it I'm just speculating if that's what made my lungs the way they are or if I just have big lungs so I'm short breathing, and I, I'm just going through my air really pretty quickly. But when I went diving this past Saturday, the dives went really well. They were amazing dives over the Keystorm. Each dive was about 22 minutes in length, which was nice. I have a computer that I was telling you about. It's called a Shearwater Pyridex AI, Air Integrated Computer. It tells it all, so I can look right at my wrist, and it will tell how much air I have left, uh, the temperature of the water, the depth. It's got a compass. It's got. It tells your sac rate, which I was, I was just telling you about, is your surface air consumption rate. It tells everything, and so it's really nice. And then you can download it all to your phone or your computer and have it as a dive log. So it logs all your dives. And it's just, they were really amazing dives. But like I said, I, I want to be down there longer. I want to be able to experience diving to its f fullest. It's just uh, things I need to work on. Things, it will come to me. It'll come to me. Stick around. We'll be right back. I've got more to ramble about in a minute. We'll be right back. So sack rates. Yeah, need to work on sack rate, but it was good. I did not go to the drone show this Saturday. 
that was in Oswego. Oh, well, I was talking about it to you last episode, and I was thinking about walking down to where it was going to be and check out the drones. They were doing an aerial lighted drone synchronized show, and I've, I've only seen them on TV. I've never seen it live, so I, I thought that would have been pretty neat, but it's all right. We had a good week. Monday was my anniversary with my wife. We're celebrating um, our 13-year 13, 13 wedding anniversary and 18 years together. Yeah. It was awesome. It was really a nice celebration. I ended up um, back in June. I went to uh, the local marina, and our local marina has... Uh, the bikes that you can rent that I, we've talked about and the kayaks they also have at Brightback Park which is right near the marina here in Oswego fire pits that you have to rent and um if and that you get them from six at night until ten at night but they go really quick and so early June I went down there and reserved the fire pit for Tuesday even though our anniversary was on Monday my wife works on the weekends, and Monday is usually her rejuvenation day. And uh, so I didn't want to plan on anything for Monday, even though that was our anniversary. I planned it for Tuesday. And I booked and reserved that fire pit without her knowing it. And we went to dinner at a local restaurant here in town called La Peria, which is just delicious. The menu's fresh, changing all the time, local ingredients. Uh, New York City style flair of food, small little bistro. It's really good, real, real good. So we went there, had dinner, and then um, it had rained all day long and stormed. And during dinner, I'm getting phone calls from the marina to make sure that I'm still reserving the fire pit, but it's a surprise, so I don't want to take the call. I don't want my wife to know what's going on and stuff. And so we're walking out to the car. My phone is going off again, and it's sprinkling. But I'm like in my gut. I was watching the weather all week, and in my gut, I, I was like, it's going to break for us. It's going to break. I just feel like it is. But I'm looking at the weather, and it doesn't really say it's going to break. But I guess my optimism was really strong that Tuesday. So... I ended up putting, I said to my wife, I go get in the car, babe, I got to make a phone call. And she's like, just kind of looking at me funny. Okay. You know? And so I make the phone call to them and they're like, we just want to make sure you're still on for tonight. And I said, well, yeah, I, I still want, want it. And, uh, I know the weather is what it's saying, but I'm holding out. I'm really hoping that it's going to break. And she's like, all right, I'll have the guys bring out the cushions and have them bring out the propane and fill up the fire pit with fresh propane for you and go from there so we get in the car I get in the car we start driving to, um towards right back and my wife's wondering what are we doing down this way and then she kind of thought maybe we were gonna get bikes and I also had in the trunk waiting in the car trunk waiting earlier in the day I bought um fresh fruit and some chocolate dip and um, some sparkling apple juice and a red rose. 
and I had that all set up and so I in a bag and I walked down to the fire pit and just as we walked down the guys were setting up the fire pit and they're like is the fire pit are you guys here for that and I said I am we are and my wife looked at me all surprised and smiled and she's like oh babe nice one and so we spent and just as the guys were setting it up the weather broke in a good way and became clear the storms the rain stopped and we had one of the most amazing sunsets we have amazing sunsets here in the city of Oswego, new york anyways some of the best in the world and i'm not just saying that because i live here it's we were ranked in the national geographic magazine before as like top three at one time but it was gorgeous and it was the sun was at a point in the color to where you could look directly at the sun without it burning your eyes because it was like this red orange and you could look right at it and we watched it disappear on the horizon and it was magical it really was stick around we'll be right back i've got some more magic to talk about and just like that we're back so we're down at the fire pit and it was really nice and we're watching this or not watching the sunset yet because the sun doesn't set until eight something at night but we're setting all up and i'm getting the fruit out and the chocolate dip and everything and the sparkling apple juice and i pulled the top all off it and it's like a bottle of champagne and i figured it was just a screw top but it was the kind where you need a bottle opener and i didn't bring a bottle opener with me and i don't have one on my keychain anymore because i'm sober and I didn't have a lighter on me because you can use a lighter on a pop top to open them. But I can't do that anyways. I Even if I had a lighter, I wouldn't have been able to open it anyway. So we couldn't have our sparkling apple juice. So bummer. But <laughs> everything else is cool. And then right at the... We stayed until 9. We didn't stay until 10. But right at around 9 o'clock or 8.30... The moss, tiny moss are coming in. And it was so sad because they were just like kamikazeing into the fire pit. We're just watching them just fly to their dust. They're just left and right flying in. I'm like, well, how romantic is this? And we're just getting dive bombed with moss and we have to move. And we're, I could never do that show naked and afraid whenever they do all the bugs and they're getting covered with bugs. Bugs don't bother me, but when you're getting swarmed, I couldn't do naked and afraid anyways because I've got tender foot. When I'm barefoot and I walk on even grass, I'm like, ooh, ah, icky. It's terrible. So I was telling you how, um, this is totally off topic, but how I ordered a new dive bag for my scuba gear because I had a, a dive bag, but it was a, just a behemoth. And it was an old dive bag I got from my brother-in-law, and I'm very thankful that he gave it to me. But it was big and cumbersome, and uh, styles have changed. And um, ergonomics, so I can fit every bit of my gear inside my new Tusa bag that has wheels, everything but my regulator. But that's okay, because my regulator has a bag. Anyways, so I'll just put the the regulator it's got a shoulder strap bag and it's small and my tusa bag though with the wheels it's awesome because not it's way smaller 
everything's more compact. It's not going to take up so much room on the arrow. The boat that I dive off from my other bag just was so cumbersome to carry. I was afraid I was going to hurt myself carrying the thing. So what else were we going to talk about? I talked about my sack rate. Talked about the anniversary, my Tusa bag. I didn't go to the drone show. That was one thing I was going to tell you about. Oh, my sobriety. Talked about that. And I think the next thing that we'll do is probably learn. Might as well learn something and um, head on over to the fact site or the History Channel's website. We'll make the decision during the break. So stick around when we come back. We'll go to one of those and we'll get a wrinkle on our brain something that we've been doing for how many episodes here we live on a planet now it's a good way practicing our thought process out here talking with one another and just uh well i'm talking you're listening but if you want to talk you can talk to me and to the world that's listening right here we live on a planet by heading on over to my website wloap Dot com and from there there's a little phone icon you touch that phone icon it will go to my google voice it rings five times before it picks up to voicemail and you can leave a google, a google voice message and i can play it right on the podcast or if you're using the anchor app there's a little message button on the anchor app and you can just send me over a message through anchor and i will play it on the podcast and i would the world wants to hear from you. So if you have something to say, come on over and uh, maybe maybe somebody in Uganda would like to hear something you have to say. Because people from all over the world listen into We Live on a Planet, which is pretty groovy and humbling and uh, frightening at times. <laughs> all right, stick around. When we come back. We're going to learn something. We'll be right back. Hello. Thank you for coming back. Maybe you didn't go anywhere. All right, this day of history, we are over at the History Channel's website. I love the History Channel, and, well, not always. There's some things that they play on the History Channel on TV where I'm like, this has nothing to do with history. And there's a lot of history to talk about. This one's a bummer day. This one is on August 20th, 1619. First enslaved Africans arrive in Jamestown, setting the stage for slavery in North America. That's a bummer, this day of history. Oh, man. Can you believe we're still dealing with, with that? But it's just to know that we enslaved people is a bummer to me. And... Uh, just a dark shadow on America. And I think that history needs to be taught. It needs to be taught in school about it. And um, that's my feelings on that. Also on this day, sports, 1945, 17-year-old becomes the youngest to hit a major league baseball home run. On August 20th, 1945, 11 days after the atomic bombing, of Nagasaki, Japan, Brooklyn Dodgers utilitary player Tommy Brown homers to drive in his team's only run in an 11-1 loss to Pittsburgh Pirates. 
but he was only 17. Here's one, 1940, Mexico. Russian revolutionary Leon Trotsky is assassinated in Mexico. Space exploration, 1975, Viking 1 launched into Mars. Isn't that crazy? Launches from Cape Canaveral, Florida, 1975. As always, I'm just skimming the fat. These are like little uh, appetizers. That way, if you feel like eating more of the history, you can go onto the History Channel's website and open up these little tidbits I'm giving you and learn even more about it, such as in the Middle East in 1982, the U.S. Marines are de deployed to Lebanon. In the Cold War, 1968, Soviets invade Czechoslovakia. My brother and sister-in-law live in Prague. Um, my wife and I are planning on visiting there one day. Here's, an, here's one. Invention in Science, 1911. First around-the-world telegram sent 66 years before the Voyager 2 launch. Around-the-world telegram. Uh, 1920, here's one in sports. Professional football is born. Not soccer, football. Here in America, we call it football, not soccer. And um, I'm a big, huge Buffalo Bills fan. They play this Saturday at 1 o'clock. It's a preseason game against the Chicago Bears. And uh, the Bears. And I'm really hoping that the Bills win. Okay. Uh, U.S. Presidents, 1833, Benjamin Harris. Harrison is born. I've never even heard of that president. Never even heard of Benjamin Harrison. Must not have done much. In, maybe he did. He might have done a lot in 1804, but I don't remember it. Here's art literature and film history. 1918, Valley of the Dolls author Jacqueline Susan is born. Never even read that, but I do remember this one in crime reason why I remember this, too, is because it's the year I graduated high school. In 1989, the Menendez brothers murder their parents. Lyle and Eric Menendez shoot their parents, Jose and Kitty, to death. And they're down in the family's Beverly Hills, California home. Yeah, 1989. And then uh, that about sums it up for this day of history. And... I encourage you to head on over to the History Channel's website. Get a little wrinkle on your brain. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back. All right. We are at the facts site. And we're going to learn some facts about Michelangelo. Not the Ninja Turtle, Michelangelo, who that turtle was named after. But, uh, yeah, let's learn a little fac facts about Michelangelo. As well as being a sculptor and painter, Michelangelo was a poet, too. Michelangelo, Michelangelo. How do you say it exactly? But he was a poet. Known primarily for his sculptures and famous paintings in 16 chapels, but he also wrote... There are around 
300 to 500 poems of his that still exist today. Wow, three to 500. Um, Michelangelo's commission of the Sixteenth Chapel was part of a sabotage plot. A sabotage plot. When he was commissioned to paint the inside of the Sixteenth Chapel, he was known for his sculpting work. He dabbled in painting, but it was not his specialty. Pope Julius chose Michelangelo because another Renaissance painter had recommended him. Raphael saw an opportunity to sabotage Michelangelo's career by putting him forward. Knowing that painting was not his specialized medium, Raphael suggested Michelangelo be a good fit, hoping that it would be a disaster and sabotage Michelangelo's career as an artist. Raphael was originally chosen by the Pope to commission the work, but set up Michelangelo for failure. Did not know this. Michelangelo knew this would be a challenge and at first hesitated in accepting the job offer. Eventually he accepted it and his masterpiece took four years to complete. Isn't that crazy? He designed the fortifications for the city of Florence. The town he lived in, he designed the fortifications for the city. Isn't that crazy? Um, Michelangelo worked with nine different popes. Nine. His career lasted for 70 years, Michelangelo, and in that time, nine different popes from he worked with. Michelangelo's included himself in the Sixteen Chapel painting. Well, why not? Why wouldn't you? He's, he's only ever signed one piece of his artwork with his written signature. Wow. This was on Pieta, his first sculptural masterpiece. It was so good and from such a young artist that people didn't believe it was his work. So he engraved his name on Virginia Mary Sasha. He engraved his name as Virgin Mary's Sash. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I say this right? So he engraved his name on Virgin Mary's Sash. Jeez Louise Patrick. From this point on his painting work, his signature became painting himself in the masterpiece. The most famous self-portrait is in the Last Judgment fresco which is on the wall of the Sistine Chapel. Michelangelo's self-portrait appears to be of his own shredded human skin, which St. Bartholomew holds in his grip. I remember going to Catholic school. You had to know how all the saints were killed, and Bartholomew was boiled in oil. I remember that. Uh, Michelangelo was never married. Uh, he was the first living Western artist to publish a biography. He li uh, Michelangelo lived like a poor man. Despite his hard work and being one of the world's most known artists and sculptured, he lived like a poor man. He once told his apprentice, his apprentice, however rich I may have been, I always lived like a poor man. Michelangelo said he ate because he had to, and he didn't find joy in food or drink. <laughs> he, I ate because I, I have to. He worked up until the week he died. Wow. 
That's passion. The statue of David was carved from a discard, discarded piece of stone. And we all know how perfect that statue is, and that was just from a discarded piece of stone. The slab uh, is was just uh, discarded, and look at what he created out of it. Yeah, all right, enough about that. I'm glad that you came on over to the fact site with me and got a little wrinkle on our brain again. Stick around, we'll be right back. Don't leave, come back. Well, I think that wraps up the show. Thank you so much for stopping over and giving me the most valuable gift that you could have ever given me, which is your time. Time is so short on this world that we live on. You just never know. You never know. So thank you for stopping over. I appreciate you. I hope you will tell a friend about We Live on a Planet. It's one of the ways that We Live on a Planet grows wheels. More and more word of mouth. What else was I going to say to you? Do your best to stay curious and not judgmental today. The best you can. And remember, sometimes there are always things in life that aren't meant to stay. Sometimes change may not be what we want. Sometimes change is what we need. What we need sometimes is change. Change is the only constant in life. Good or bad, you can always rely on change. All right, my friends. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you again real soon. Peace. Well, we can't end like that, can we? No. Hold on. I know how to end it. There we go. Peace.